Hello, hello, hello. And today's episode, we'll be talking out to my sister who will be giving her testimony on how she came to know the Lord. You, you guys do not want to miss this out. You guys definitely want to stay tuned and trust and believe you guys will be edified. You guys will grow from her story because I'm just as interested in it as you guys are. And believe it or not, I have not heard it myself. So stay tuned and I will see you guys in just one second. What is going on, guys? This is your boy, Josue, with another episode here on the Simple Christian Podcast. Oh, yeah. So in today's podcast, we have a very interesting and delightful testimony. See, we have my sister here. She is the second oldest uh, of all my four sisters. And so, and by that, I mean my mom is also a sister, right? <laughs> so... I have you in today, Jasmine, to go ahead and, you know, share with us your testimony, something I'm so interested in hearing because, guys, often or not, we we grew up with our sisters and we grew up with our brothers and, and they may also attend our church and they may also attend a different church. But when do we ever ask them these questions of how did the Lord brought you to himself? How did you come to know the Lord yourself? And so today I have you, Jas. So, hey, thanks a lot for being here. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here, bro. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, uh, you know, Jazz, again, like I said before, you know, you and I were raised in a Christian household, right. and mom and dad, and, you know, um, all of a sudden, you know, we all take a different turn. Some of us uh, did what we did when we were young, and some of us uh, may have taken a different turn to go to church early. I know I was one of those who went to church early. Mm -hmm. But I also understood that everyone has their journey to God. Everyone has their journey to Christ. And so I'm here to, and we're all here to listen into, I guess, my beginning is, who were you before you came to know Christ? Lost. Okay. I was lost. So um, our parents would take take us to church and it was great. We had a good time, but there was no relationship. Um, I think if I could remember, I stopped going uh, probably 12, maybe 13. Stopped going to church because my parents, they stopped going. And I got to thank them for taking us because they, um, they instructed us in the way of the Lord. And that never left my heart, even when I left the church. There was a period in my time and when I was between like 12, 13 uh, to about maybe 20, I got saved at 21 where I lacked uh, a relationship with God Mm. and it was a very dark times. I felt very empty. I mean, you see me walking, you wouldn't know. Right. But I was empty without God. So to answer your question, I was very lost. Yeah, who who wasn't right? We were all lost, but I think part of part of us being lost and and, and dead is is how um, how God brings us to Him. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, you know, at what point in your life, or who was it that said, "Hey, Jazz, come to our church"? Hey, Jazz, you know. Um, start listening to this kind of music. Oh, hey, Jazz, you ever heard of Jesus? And did you say, hey, I was raised in the Christian household. I know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know God. Yeah. And I think God's okay with what I'm doing. When I was 21, um, I lived with 
who's my husband now, Jose, and we weren't married and I was going through certain issues and uh, it was really difficult for me to just get answers to what I was dealing with. I felt the Lord draw me, draw me while I was in my room on my bed. I felt the Lord tug my heart to the point where I had no doubt that it was him. And um, I just knew this was God. He, he was calling me and I was running away. And that's the reason why I was going through some dark, dark times that actually a lot of people don't know. I was suffering from anxiety, really stressed. I didn't, I felt the darkness. It's, it's a weird thing to say, but being in the dark and feeling the dark, that's, that's a terrible thing to experience alone. And God had been drawing me to help me through that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a lot of people, um, aside from my siblings who loved God and, you know, wanted to grow in the Lord. I didn't because mm-hmm. I didn't have that many friends. You right. know what I mean? I mean, how was uh, your, your friends? I mean, were they encouraging you to go to the church? Were they not encouraging? I didn't have any friends. Everyone oh, okay, okay. Was... I thought you, you mean that in a literal sense. I thought you meant as in I had people, I, I had acquaintances, but I didn't have like personal friends. Yeah, I mean, you always see people that you know and kind of wave and you walk past them. But having a solid friend who will love you and walk beside you during dark times, I didn't have that at all. Mm. Um, so I didn't have the, that type of encouragement. And I thank God for drawing me because he was the one who wanted to be mm-hmm. not only my savior, but he was trying to be my friend yeah. through the difficult um, things that I was dealing with at the right. time. Let me, let me go ahead and shoot from the hip for a little, a, a quick second, guys. Mm-hmm. And so my sister, she attended Stone Academy. Was it during that time that you felt like the Lord was calling you? Absolutely. And, I, and that was around the time where I was struggling with a lot. Mm. A whole lot of anxiety and uh, just really stressed, overwhelmed. Um, and it was hard for me to just kind of take a deep breath and feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah, It did was. You, did you feel as if people were saying, hey, Jazz, you know, I, you know, they, they, they tried to somehow toughen you up. Did you enjoy that or did you feel like that was just hardening you even more? I mean, honestly, while I was in school, I would look around and everyone just seemed like they knew what they were doing. They seemed confident. They seemed like they had it all together. Right. Right. And me going through what I was, just kind of like just the anxiety. I think that was the biggest thing and kind of feeling alone. I have a great husband, but mm-hmm. he couldn't fulfill my spiritual needs. Gotcha. And I that's where I thirst. Right. And God was, he was there. Yeah. But I wasn't connecting mm-hmm. with him. Right. I was pushing him to the side. I don't know where I felt I needed right. um, the satisfaction from other mm-hmm. than God, but it wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, everyone around me just seemed like they had it all together. I'm like, come on, you know, yeah. I want that too. And Yeah, yeah. You know, they're almost like snapshots of someone's life, but it really isn't. That, that's the reason why I, I try to go you know, days or weeks or months if I can, mm-hmm. uh, away from Instagram because oh, Instagram yeah. has a, 
ability to take a snapshot of someone's life, mm -hmm. but it doesn't take the whole photo, right? So I can take a photo of Janae and I mm -hmm. and put it on Instagram and maybe, you know, elegantly caption the top and say, you know, living our best life now. And maybe hashtag it, get a whole bunch of comments and likes. All those comments and likes, though, they also amplify the photo. So if it's, there's a photo with a million likes, people are like, wow, they must have it all together. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that's just a snapshot. And photos are very deceptive, almost yeah. like uh, you look yourself in a mirror and you, you put on makeup or you put on a bow tie and you think you have it all together. But really, you're just a dead man inside. And so Christ spoke in that form and fashion to the Jews and said, you are dead man bones inside. You guys don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. You guys are not healthy. You guys are sick. You guys are dead in your trespasses. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I really do sympathize with that because that happens to me. Mm -hmm. There's times where I have to disconnect from social media because, you know, I look around and I say, you know, I, I love my wife. I, I love my daughter. And then I say, am I doing something wrong? I, I don't have a more splendid life today. Am, am I not living my best life now? And so I disconnect. Right. Because that stuff is so vainful. Oh, yeah. That stuff will drive you away from where God is mm -hmm. pushing you towards. And so right. you think that's where you need to be. But God is saying this is where you are and right where you are is where you need to be because this is where i've placed you Amen. those pictures on social media they're just what they are pictures yeah. it's not a reality mm -hmm. but you know i try not to focus on that very much mm -hmm. so how was your what, 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 what gave you that or how was that moment uh when you first attended church mm -hmm. like what was that morning light or what was that night prior like right um so I remember one of our neighbors at the time, her name was uh, Vanessa. I'm not sure that it matters, but she she gave you one of two options. Mm -hmm. One, we were trying to get back to church. So she had two churches, one that she goes to in West Haven, which is my home church, Promised Land, mm -hmm. Church of God. And then the other one was a church, small church in New Haven. That morning you came uh, to church. Mm. But you asked me which church I wanted to go to. That morning was raining hard. And I could have gone to the church in New Haven. I live in New Haven. But I decided, you know what? Let's take the extra drive. Let's go to Promised Land. Yeah. Church of God in West Haven. And I'm glad we did. 244, Bell World Road, guys, okay. if you guys don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, and I still remember what the pastor preached about. And he preached about the cross. Pastor Ryan Treywick, guys, if you guys don't know. <laughs> um and i sat on on the pew and i listened to the sermon when i heard the message of the cross something happened i mean the love of christ just swept me off my feet and i just i just wept and i wept as if i knew christ as if i knew him every single day as if I talked to him every single day as if I had a relationship. It became so personal. It pierced my heart and I wept tears. I believe that that message of the cross gave me purpose. It gave me huge amount of hope. And I just started going to church Sunday after Sunday, hearing sermons after sermons about God's love, the cross, salvation. And 
it blew me away, but I fell in love, Josh. It wasn't yeah. just another church service. It was something more personal because I believe that God met us where we needed to, to be met. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know when I first went there, uh, Kenneth Trawick, um, who I actually meant to say, and his, and his sons, Brad and Ryan Trawick, mm-hmm. um, Ryan is the youth pastor at the time, and uh, Brad was the musician. Is he right. still a musician right now? He is. He yeah. is? And um, I know I went there for seven years, mm-hmm. seven long years. Mm-hmm. It's like middle school and high school put together. And I grew a lot. Uh, I grew in my worship. I grew in the way I expressed my worship. I know that I would leave the church and I would look at other people and I will say, how can you guys not jump in and shout? How, how could you guys fulfill Psalms 150? How could you guys... You know, praise God in, in, in a mighty way if you guys are so subdued. You guys are so low and mellow. And so Promised Land definitely helped me um, in, in breaking out of that oh, yeah. self, like, I guess, reserved sort of component or bubble. Mm-hmm. And um, I met some great people in, in Promised Land. And yeah, I, I agree. You know, when I first came to know Christ, it was in Calvary Baptist Church in Fairhaven. Okay. And uh, under Pastor Emmanuel Echeverria. And... Uh, he spoke about Christ, mm-hmm. not only as if he was real, but he is real. Right. In a very historical fashion. That was totally different for me. And, uh, yeah, I heard it. And there was just this one question. What he preached is true. So what do I do from now on? Do I suppress suppress the truth or do I conform to the truth? So how was that for you when when you first heard true jazz? Was you where you're like, man, uh, should I accept it? Should I not accept it? I don't think there was a question. There wasn't a question. There wasn't a question at mm. all. So the power of scripture can transform. Amen. So I didn't I didn't even doubt. That's how deep the word um kind of pierced my heart. Okay. It was just I was so convicted that Christ died for my sins. Mm-hmm. Okay. I bought a Bible and I started reading. I started praying. Like I wasn't just going to church because, you know, we needed somewhere to go on a ch- on a Sunday. Yeah. But I I felt drawn, mm. you know, and that was God drawing me. He he was trying to get my attention. Absolutely. And I've decided, okay, so if this is him tugging at my heart, trying to get my attention, then I must reach back. I just can't let him. Right. Must respond. Yeah, absolutely. I must respond. So, you know, a lot of growth, a lot of growth happened Mm -hmm. uh, when I started going to church because I wanted to know more of him and I knew he was there with me. Did you go through that, uh, uh, what is that, born again experience where you are now a Christian. Now I have to delete all my contacts. I have to delete all my friends. I have to push away from them because they're bad for me. Mm-hmm. Or w- was your mentality? How was your mentality at the time? Because typically a lot of the Christians, when they're when they're new to the faith, they go very exaggerated. They they push all the you know quote unquote sinners away from their life. They they don't want nothing to do with them. Or were you more like no, like okay. I want to reach them. I want to reach them. I want to win them for the Lord. I, I I want the Holy Spirit to use me in such a way that I could still shine light in darkness. Right. Yeah. So the way that the Lord used me first was 
internally mm. before I can block anyone because like I mentioned before I didn't have friends I had acquaintance who I would see every once in a while because uh, I would be too busy with work and um, school I barely had time to have a social life to be honest with you um, so the Lord began working with me and giving me peace after the peace he he tried to give me the joy the joy of the Lord mm -hmm. is what allow me to continue this walk because he doesn't want us to have a relationship with him and not be happy and not be joyful something to be joyful about mm -hmm. so he began working inside inside my heart removing the darkness the anxiety that i was dealing with at the time mm -hmm. um and uh, over over time of course he would say you know hey Get this out of the way. Move that out of the way. This is distracting you. You shouldn't be yeah. doing that. You should stay away from this person. Mm. And it doesn't mean that I'm better. And it doesn't mean that they're worse. It's just God wants me focused. Right. Uh, so that's, you know, so that's where, you know, God started in my heart. Mm. Removing things that wasn't going to um, edify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot, a, a lot of the times, you know, certain friendships can be very toxic. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know, the Bible talks about not throwing your pros among swine or among mm -hmm. pigs. It's not to say that, you know, we shouldn't invest in people who are not in Christ. But there comes a point where investing in them has become almost useless. They are no longer listening to you. They are no longer. The Bible says that they're almost like reprobate mind, which is they've closed off their mind to the things of God. Um, hearing you speak about God actually is not um, entertaining for them. It's almost almost like hateful speech. They really do not like your your um, your talk. And so there's people like that that I, I, I came across. They truly do not want nothing to do with God. Mm. And the Bible also speaks about them knowing that God exists. They know God exists. I mean, it's hard to not look at nature and not look at the world and not look at the things that we've discovered in the galaxy and say that there is no God. Mm -hmm. God exists. Absolutely. But some people are only dreaming and hoping he doesn't because of the sin that, that they, they enjoyed so much. That they enjoy so much. Right, right. So I wanted to ask you another question. In what way has the shift, uh, how, in what way um, with the sacrifice that you've made, friends, um, you know, people, places, in what way has that shifted your walk as a Christian? Um, so, I... I know it sounds very similar to the previous question, but right, I wanted right. to make sure, like, you know, your dialogue with people, right, right. gossip, etc. Right. So, I will have to say that I I do have a very, very loyal friend, um, beautiful heart, funny personality. And um, when we reconnected... Um, she at the time wasn't a committed believer mm. the way that she is now. And, um, I had just started going to church. Yeah. Um, building a relationship with God, knowing that she was kind of still living her own life. Mm -hmm. My job wasn't yeah. to judge her. Right. The Lord calls us to love and to pray for one another. Right. And um, I didn't look at her in any 
any other way except a friend who God calls us to be, you know, to each other, to love each other, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, it doesn't really matter. Of, obviously, and we're supposed to correct each other out of love. And with that, you can say it verbally or you can express it with your action, with the way that you um, carry yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I haven't had to, um, you know, push people out of way out of anger because they're not following God. That's that's not that's not okay either. Mm -hmm. There's a way to to correct people for their behavior and to love them doing it. You know, I mm -hmm. maybe I'm not explaining myself correctly. No, I, no, I I hear what you're saying. But um, you know, you, you know, there's a way to communicate truth where it's loving. You know, the Bible talks about giving an answer for the faith that is in you but with love and compassion. Yeah. And and too often what we are preached to in social media or in, in just in just the culture is to preach um I guess preach truth with hate and very uncompassionate. Well, as long as they know the truth, I really don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it this way. You know? Yeah. And so part of being a Christian is being able to express truth Express what John 7 says, um, righteous judgment. If I love you enough, I'm going to tell you the truth. Right. If I don't love you, I'm not going to say nothing to you. I'm just going to let you harbor in that evil, sinful way. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a sin because the Bible talks about correcting one another. When you don't correct, I mean, that's almost like, how much do I really love you? Right, right. You're letting me walk in sin. Right. You I mean, we, you, I'm, not, I'm not going to doubt the fact that you love your daughter, Jazzy, mm -hmm. right? And I'm and I'm sure for a fact that if she were to do or say something, you're going to correct her. So, so why absolutely. can't we do that in the Christian culture? Right, why right. is correcting such a looked upon thing that we cannot? And maybe the word correcting is a um, comes off maybe negative. Maybe correcting almost seems like I'm a teacher and you're a student. But that's what the Bible tells us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, to correct each other. If a brother falls. Extend a hand, Galatians right. six. Right. I don't think um, there's no problem with correcting. Mm. It's just people don't want to be corrected, and they get offended when you tell them that maybe this isn't the right thing to do. Mm. That's the problem, mm -hmm. you know. And um, and our job isn't to care about that idea. Our 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 issue. Um, well, not our issue, but our responsibility is to correct. Absolutely. And if they want to take it, you know, fine. If they don't want to take our advice in the Lord, then that's fine too. We walk away. But we yeah. did what we were supposed to do, which is correct out of love. You yeah. Know? I wanted to share a passage here yeah, in, sure. in the book of John, chapter 4. Um, it says here in verse 36, Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. In other words, Jasmine, as Christians, we're meant to go out into the world, into the field, and, and sow mm -hmm. a seed. And, and you're not going to be the one reaping um, what you sowed. Sometimes someone else is going to reap that. And so oh, Christ wow. is so Christ is saying yeah. here, where he's speaking to a Samaritan woman in the uh, the you know the woman in the well, yeah. that there are people 
who have sown into her life. And he tells his disciples, you're about to reap their labor. We have friends that we can preach to today, and it may seem like they're not really listening into the word. But then what we've sown into them, God only does the increase. And years from now, I mean, Lord only knows that someone else is going to um, reap what has been sown for years. And that's the blessing. Absolutely. You, you know, so getting back on track here with your testimony, Jasmine, because I'm very interesting. The Bible talks about taking up your cross, right? Dying to yourself. Mm-hmm. That truth of scripture, how did that feel to you when you realized that, okay, I'm a Christian. Now I can't do, I can't listen to the job rule. Yeah. I can't listen to this type of music. I can't go into certain clubs or scenes or specific avenues. I can't do, did that ever put up, I mean, I'm not saying it, it would or should, but did that, was that ever a problem to you? Not so much, you know, I don't go to clubs. I never did go to clubs. So that wasn't an issue. Music, you know, every once in a while we do listen to music outside of the Christian. Come on now, you know. (laughs) Um, None of us are perfect and we we do have our faults. But where is your heart? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Your heart determines what your motives are. Yeah. And so I try to do everything I possibly can to pick up my cross and follow Christ. This generation, it's it's hard because everyone's doing the opposite. But, you know, um, man, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You're not. I'm not walking this alone. Mm-hmm. And if we put the first step in front of the, the foot, you know, you just take one step in yeah. front of the other one, then God will help you. Mm-hmm. So that you can fight whatever sin you're dealing with. Right. And it's been that way for me. Mm-hmm. Has it been a struggle? Yes. Yes, it has been a struggle. It's been a long walk. But it's been a walk of progress. Absolutely. And um, I can only owe it to God. Yeah. Hey, uh, so let me ask you an interesting question here. What's your favorite Bible verse? Um. Well, this one's actually for married people. Um, and I want to read it if... Oh, snap, okay guys, you. if you guys are single, you guys are not included in this verse. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But this is one that I um, I hold dearly to my heart. Um, and it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, which goes, If any woman has an unbelieving husband and he is willing to live with her, she must not leave her husband. Hmm. For the unbelieving husband is set apart for God by the wife. Mm. And the unbelieving wife is set apart for God by the husband. I am born again um, Christian. I love the Lord. And I've expressed this to my husband. He understands. He has a different walk, and I respect that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not giving up on him. Amen. And the Lord has plans for him. Yeah. There was a point when I got saved that I wanted to allow things to stop in his life, hmm. you know, in maybe some habits perhaps. Okay. And, um, it only created chaos. Hmm. And I think it was because I wanted to do things the right way. And I guess I was trying to become his God and just stop certain things in his life. Hmm. And, wow, that's um, powerful. the Lord had to speak with me several times. And remind me that 
he is God and right. he's in control. And then my only job as a wife isn't to only love him, mm-hmm. but to pray over him. Absolutely. Because at the end of it, God is still in control and his word doesn't fail. Amen. So I've decided after many attempts of trying to stop him from doing things that weren't pleasing to God. Yeah. I was going to step back and just love my husband. Just love him. Mm-hmm. Love him and pray for him. Yeah. And I look at my relationship now and I am just blown away at how much God, how much God is doing in his life. And all of the things that God is still going to do because his promises never fail Mm -hmm. without me trying to force things on him. Has there been moments where he's had, he have been curious? He's asked you questions about the Bible and and, and Jesus. Um, you know, I'm sure there are things that crosses his mind about God. I think every human being has that. What, what if there is a God? Mm-hmm. Or who is he and how can I get in touch with him? Right. Is he real? Will I see him one day? I think that every human being has those questions in them. And I believe that God places those questions in a person because he wants us to draw to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do believe that, that those things have crossed Jose's mind. Um, he has come to church with me several times. And although he hasn't admit with his mouth mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is Lord, mm-hmm. um, I do believe it in his heart. I, I believe that in his heart he does believe that. But you know what? Listen, this isn't. This is just me speaking. No, you know? and, and the no, and the reason why I'm allowing you to speak is because I truly believe that you're not the only person who is going through this situation, this circumstance. It's, it's not like it's setting you apart. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who attend church, and yes, both may be believers, but both can also struggle with religiosity. And so that also is a whole in and of itself. Or you may have a couple that, that say, hey, you know, my, my husband or my wife, um, they attend church and, and they believe, but they're living a life that is total paradoxical to what it is. And so just because one may not believe or one may not attend doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're just uniquely separated in situations. Everyone had their situation. Everyone has a story. And the beautiful thing about having a story is that when you when you tell them and say, look, this is where I used to be. This is where God has taken me. Mm-hmm. And so I truly believe people who may not know about Christ or those who say, I don't believe fully in Christ. Our job is not to go and evangelize to them and convert them. Our job is to put a stone in their shoe where it will cause uncomfort and now they have questions to deal with. Mm-hmm. It is not our responsibilities to answer all their questions. Mm-hmm. It's their responsibility to go ahead, figure them out. Mm-hmm. Whether we have the answers to them or not, whether we're eloquently um, equipped for these questions that's not for our responsibilities as as Christians is to preach the good news of the gospel. Anything else is just seasoning to some rotisserie chicken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I truly believe people do wake up. People go to sleep and people have these questions of purpose. Why am I here? What's my purpose to living? Who am I living for? Who am I serving for? You, you know, I, these questions can only be wrapped up in the knowledge of there is a God. 
Absolutely. And Christ only fulfills those questions. Anyone else is going to fall short. And so I don't want you to feel that I'm the only person who's in this particular situation. You may be the only person you know of, but I can tell you I've met people who are in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so the great thing to know is you have a story. And, every, and, and, and you know what? The, beauty, the beautiful part about it is there's an ending to that story. And God still wins. And so here's another question for you. What are some of the victories in Christ that you've had in your in your walk with Jesus? Peace, joy, positive um, uh, family. Mm -hmm. You know, these are victories. Absolutely. May not seem as big, but, mm -hmm. you know, with everything going on, look, 2020 was enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find... <laughs> peace it's hard to find joy in the midst of darkness that's a victory mm -hmm. to be able to jump into 2021 and still have that peace walk out of 2020 to jump into 2021 and have that peace knowing that there is a bright light at the end of the tunnel Amen. and this is great like i i could wake up in the morning and feel like okay i got this i can do this mm -hmm. you know what i mean because i have the victory of the lord mm -hmm. working in me mm -hmm. and working for me you know what i used to I, I love this because i remember before you used to be very shy you used to not want to go ahead and share the gospel you always used to say stuff like well you know maybe i'll just leave a no or maybe i'll say god bless you right <laughs> a little bit of the uh, courtesy mm -hmm. there but mm -hmm. now it's you're willing to confront people you're willing to share with them. You're willing to, to be one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And I, I, I think everyone in this family can testify. You are very in tune with people and their emotions and their walk with Christ. And so when they hear you, they hear someone who's very sensible, someone who is very genuine, someone who is wholeheartedly and spiritually caring for their soul. Because what's the, what's the point of me putting a band-aid on your arm on a cut if you're still going to walk right into hell? And I know you, and I know you and I talk, you're always talking about or caring about someone's eternal destination. And I would say that's a massive victory. You know that the word does say that, you know, we are the light of the world. And, you know, we we can't walk around um, in darkness, mm -hmm. you know, claiming to be the light. Mm -hmm. We have to show, we have to let people know not only in our words, because our words are very powerful, but mm -hmm. what good is it if you start speaking all these, um, you know, scriptures mm -hmm. and passages and your heart, it doesn't match up. We see too much of that. You know, <laughs> how, how are you going to win someone over to the Lord if, if it just doesn't feel genuine? I hear you. I hear you. So when I get the chance and when the Lord allows it, you know, he'll say, hey, Jazz, I, I want you to tell this person about me. I want you to tell this person that there is hope mm -hmm. that God is alive. A message, a positive message, or it's happened at work where God would uh, allow me to pray with someone. And I mm -hmm. know, you know. Tell me, share, share with me a story of a conversation you've had in work. Oh, man. And maybe give us a few pointers of how to evangelize oh, in work. yes. There was a time at work um, when a coworker was sharing some family issues, big family issues. And as I would stand 
listening to her tell me all these issues i'm just thinking in my head like how can i how can i share the good news while i'm listening to all this chaos while she was done telling me what had happened the night before i didn't know what else to say josh i'm mm -hmm. gonna be honest except do you want me to pray for you those were my only words i didn't know what else to say do you ever think that you need to know what to say in every moment? Absolutely not. I think when someone's um, going through something and they just know that you're listening, genuinely listening, mm -hmm. not only with your ears, but with your heart because you care. Right. That just says a lot. It does. But when I asked if she wanted me to pray, she didn't even think about it. She said, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. I didn't care if I was at the workplace. That was an opportunity right yes, there to yes. shed some light on Christ. Okay. And that's what we're called to do. And it was a great it was a great opportunity, but um, there were other times too with different people at the yeah. workplace. And I can only give things to God because it's it's incredible. I mean, when you're working for yourself, when you're working for the family, when you're working, uh, you know, when you're working for Christ, man, there's mm -hmm. there's this satisfaction in your in the in your heart and your soul that yeah. is finally being fulfilled because you're working for the kingdom now, right? You know, and uh, you know that God's working. So what are some of these advices you would give people who are working as an admin or mm -hmm. someone who works, yeah, in front of a screen, right? Because at this point, you do work in computers. Yeah. And um, did you work amongst other employees or did you have your own room? So I worked in the office um, away from the front desk, away from the doctors, but it was still in the office. And um, so how did you engage the people about Christ? I would have relationship okay. with them. So even though I sat in the back, I would have to come in through the front okay. of the office. So make yourself visible. Absolutely. And I would greet them and I would have communications with them, you know, about work and stuff. And I would build a relationship with them. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't long before they knew I, I just, you know, <laughs> love God. <laughs> Did you start playing music in your in, uh, in your little, little, you know, corner or something? We would just... Talk about, you know, um, the goodness of the Lord. Like, there was no beating around the bush. It was just, man, God is so good. Oh, so wait, you so go to church? Yes, I go to oh, church. Okay. Oh, okay. I, th I thought you were saying that the, everyone was saying it as if, like, everyone else was also a Christian. Um, let's see. Yeah, some were Christians and some were um, atheists that just didn't believe. Mm. And some were Catholics. But when you engage in a conversation with another believer even though there are non-believers or believers of other faiths something sparks up the holy spirit wants to take control now he mm -hmm. wants to spark up something there absolutely so when you talk about god you can't stop because someone's listening and you feel like you are going to offend them you kind of just want to keep going something fuels up you yeah, want to share yeah. it so with when that stuff happens and people around you here they know now that you're a believer mm. and um so they know and every once in a while i drop a little hey jesus loves you you know what i mean a reminder in the workplace and it is it is what it is you know it mm. does get uncomfortable because the enemy tries to creep in there and tries to make the situation uh very uncomfortable very hostile just 
just very uncomfortable. I mean, from my experience, <laughs> yeah. you know, anytime you are in the workplace or in public and you even say Jesus, that obviously makes uh, the air thicker. Oh, yeah, because anyone can say Buddha or anyone can say Muhammad or anyone can say any other false gods, and, it, and it's perfectly fine. But when, if you say Jesus... Because he's claiming to be God, now right. that's a problem. Absolutely. I think that uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to Christianity, what makes it so uniquely and distinctively different from all other religions is that Jesus, amongst everyone else, was the only person to claim exclusivity when he said, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am the life. All right, I'm the light. So, yeah, Jazz, to, to kind of land this this plane, um, you know, for those who may be struggling in the same avenues that you struggled with, mm-hmm. what are some what are some encouraging or, or some advice for, I want to say, women who are in your situation? If there are any women or men... Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with um, a spouse who is a non-believer, let's mm-hmm. say. Our job is to love them. Amen. To pray for them and keep your eyes on the prize. Don't try to convict them. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Allow God to work in their life through you. Amen. It's when you remain focused that God can use you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our pride gets in the way of God's work. Amen. So that would be my only word to someone who's dealing with something like that. You know. Amen. I, I really agree with that. I think you can't change people. You can share information with people, and be- whether or not they are believers or not, that is a work of the Holy Spirit of God Himself. And until until that conversion, you know, we just love them. They're still people. Absolutely. They're still created in God's image. Oh yeah. And so, guys, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I I personally did. I'm just so focused, and so maybe uh, one or two of my questions kind of came off a bit, you know, bumpy, only because I'm still I'm 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 like listening to you, Jasmine. Yeah. I'm listening to what you have to say, and I want to make sure that I'm I'm fully engaged. But sometimes, as a host of a show. You only wish you were in part of the audience so you can just listen, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's fine. Again, Jazz, I really appreciate you being here, guys. And if you guys really enjoyed this episode, I would love for you guys to go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. If you guys thought this episode sucked, just give it a thumbs down. If you guys want to go ahead and give me a, a DM, go ahead and, and uh, find me on the Simple Christian Podcast. I'll make sure I put my sister's uh, name right in the description below. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And so may the grace of God and the peace of the Holy Spirit guide you into all blessings. Until next time, guys, peace out.